Welcome to It's My Pleasure, the podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be with you here today. It is sunny in Portland, Oregon. It's cold, like really cold, but it's sunny, and I just am happy. I haven't seen the sun in a long time. So I decided that I am going to start with reviews on this because it's been so fun to hear them, and I want to share them with you all. And part of the reason that I am wanting to share them because I think it's really impactful when we begin to hear that there's other women, not only that are listening to this, but are listening to it and getting something from it. It just makes it feel like there's this collective that this is a subject that should be talked about and you can talk about it. And perhaps it gives you more courage to bring it up with your girlfriends so that you can start to create that environment of sisterhood when it comes to sexuality, that there's nothing wrong here, that there shouldn't be shame, but we can talk about shame around it. We can talk about our insecurities so that it's more out in the open and you guys start that healing journey with your sexuality. Okay, so for the review, I have no idea who this person is. It's M.K. Hurta. H-U-E-R-T-A. Anyway, she wrote this amazing review and it says, I didn't even know I needed this podcast in my life, but OMG, do I ever need it? I felt like it felt like Danielle is speaking to my exact experience. And this made me realize that many people must be experiencing and wanting similar things in our sex lives. So why is this the first time that I'm hearing such affirming, empowering, kind, insightful, and useful advice? I listen to so many podcasts and I can say with absolute certainty that this is the most positive, uplifting, and downright helpful one I have heard. I am recommending this podcast to every one of my friends slash strangers. Keep it up. Thank you so much. The first time that I read this, I literally teared up. This just makes me so happy that it's reaching other women and that they're getting such useful talk from it and feeling uplifted and positive when they're approaching their sex lives. So thank you. And I just encourage all of you listeners, if you are inspired at all by this podcast, if you've been finding it helpful, anything like that, please consider rating and reviewing. And one of the reasons, again, that I like that we can do this on this platform is that when other people go and check it out, they can see that other women are resonating with this message. And so for those that might be on the fence or really need to hear that, your review or your rating could put them over the edge so that they then listen to the information that they really need to hear to help them enjoy their sex life more or to connect with their partner or to be able to heal from some sort of sexual pain or shame or anything like that. So please know that your reviews really do make a difference. And because of that, I have decided that I am going to, what's it called? Like a drawing. I'm going to do a drawing. And anybody that is in the first 
50 reviews, let's say, like actual written reviews, anybody who writes one of those is going to go into a drawing and the winner of that drawing is going to win a $250 voucher to like a spa or a hotel or perhaps you want to buy some sexy lingerie or get your nails or a pedicure or something like that done. So this voucher, and we can talk once the winner is there, will be for that, for you just to feel more connected with your body, maybe to get a hotel room and escape by yourself, which by the way, I just did that last weekend because it was my birthday and it was amazing. I got a hotel room all alone just for me and it was the best gift ever. Um, Or maybe it's for you and your partner just to escape or maybe you just really need some relaxation and get back into that nervous system that can bring pleasure in. So whatever it is, we will figure that out together once the winner. And please know too, if you don't feel comfortable putting your name on the review, most of the people that I know that have put reviews up use some kind of code name or something like that. And when I announce whoever the winner is, you can just then reach out to me. I'll give you a way to reach out to me and be like, hey, that was me. That's not my real name, but I would love to you know, cash in on that prize. So again, thank you everybody for your support. I really appreciate that. We have had a fabulous first month of It's My Pleasure and I can't wait to continue more. I've got so many great interviews. I'm going to start doing interviews lined up. Okay, so this episode. In this episode, what I want to talk about is what happens when we have an agenda with sex and specifically when we're aiming for that bed shaking, toe curling, pillow over your face, screaming orgasm. And how does having a focused agenda when you hit the sheets really affect your pleasure? So it's no hot news out there that we as a culture are very goal oriented. We usually have a destination in mind that we are wanting to achieve or something that we're going after, right? So sometimes that goal is a very tangible thing, like an amount of money you're trying to make or a certain amount of weight that you're trying to lose or finding your person and getting married might be a goal that you have. And sometimes that goal is more of a feeling state, like we're hoping to achieve like zen or calm from meditation or that state of loving feeling that we get when we're going on a date with a person. Now, I want to be clear. I don't think goals are bad. I'm a life coach. (laughs) That's like what we're about in so many ways, right? And I help women reach business financial goals and pleasure goals and focus goals all the time. That's like what I do for a living. And I personally have my weekly goals, my monthly goals, my quarterly goals, my yearly goals, and a variety of different metrics with my own business and my personal life. And in my business or when I'm working with clients in their business, goals are really important. They allow for us to see where our mind is totally having like a freak out, like a tantrum about it, right? And then we can nudge it along. We can see what beliefs that we're having that are keeping us from getting to our goals and what type of beliefs that we need to develop in order to get our mind on board where we want to go. I read this quote this weekend, or I heard it in this interview with Stephen Pressfield and Oprah, and he says, you've got to put your ass where your heart is, which is basically like, sometimes you just got to sit down and do the work. And that's a lot of the mindset work. You have to know where you're wanting to go. Where does your heart want to go? And that's what goals do, right? They allow us to know where we want to go so then we can orient our minds and our bodies and our energy and our focus towards that goal. So 
this episode is not focused on shitting on goals. I think goals are great, but it's rather exploring how not all goals are created equally. And sometimes we might even have the wrong idea about the, like, the goal we're trying to go after. It's the wrong goal to begin with. I'm not even going to say there's right and wrong goals, but there is definitely higher quality goals. And especially when it comes to sex is when we think that orgasm is the end goal, your sexual experience can actually be greatly diminished and often sometimes can prevent that goal, like prevent the orgasm from ever being reached. And in many cases, this focus on getting an orgasm can create so much stress in yourself or among couples that the idea of failing at achieving this orgasm shuts you and your partner down. And pretty soon you're not even having sex because of that pressure. So it seems rather counterintuitive, no? That trying to have an orgasm can prevent an orgasm or even prevent you from having sex at all, like WTF. But let's go ahead and explore. So some of you may know, and I've mentioned on this podcast before, that before I started my coaching career, I really began as a meditation and mindfulness teacher. And I still do this from time to time, and I speak on these subjects often. And I have been teaching meditation now for seven, wow, seven years. And I've been practicing my own practice for a decade. And the main thing that I hear from newer meditators or people that are trying to, and it's not going so great is like, I'm just not good at it. I just suck at meditating. I don't do it right. Blah, 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 blah. That's like what I hear from people. And my response is usually the same. Like you can't actually suck meditation unless you're not doing it, unless you're not sitting down and paying attention to your mind. And I ask why they think they suck. I do a little bit of like, you know, digging. And usually it's some version of them not being able to clear the mind, or their mind is bouncing everywhere, or they never feel that calm or that zen or whatever they think that they're supposed to feel during meditation. Ah, okay. Now I see where the problem is, right? They think that these are the goals of meditation. So they are aiming for this particular thing in meditation, and that's what's making them feel like they're failing at it. They don't want to do it anymore because they're not achieving what they have deemed in their mind as the whole point or the goal of meditating in the first place. And usually what happens is these people will just give up. They don't even really want to try it anymore because they have given it a go and their eyes have just not been able to get what they're supposed to get from the experience. So what's the point, right? And for those of us who have been meditating regularly, sure, I get that calm. My mind sometimes settles. Some times, but is for sure not guaranteed. And it is 100% not the purpose or not the point of me sitting on my cushion every morning. That is never the why. I sit so I can awaken myself to what my mind is doing. I sit so I can see what I'm working with. I sit so I can bring my awareness and my intentional focus in until I settle into just that deepness of my entire being. I set to connect. And such is the case with orgasm. Orgasm 
for most of us, the way that it's presented appears to be the whole point, right? The way that it's spoken about or how magazines have headlines about orgasms. Like you can look at like any of the women's magazines, you know, like Cosmo or Marie Claire. I don't even know. I don't really read women's magazines, right? But there's headlines. I've seen them at the newsstand before about like best way to have amazing orgasms or you know, top five positions or whatever. And now there's like all this obsession too, which is really fascinating to me about the type of orgasm. Like, are you only having clitoral orgasms or are you having vaginal ones? Or are you squirting? Like there's all these like new, you know, hierarchies of orgasms now. So we get so set that this orgasm and maybe even the type of orgasm you're having is the point Not to mention the way that movies and TV portray sex. There's always somebody, and it literally takes no time. I'm sorry, that does not happen for me, where it's just like, oh, snap my fingers, let's make out. And then I'm like screaming in ecstasy, right? But it seems to us from the outside, like if you're an alien coming into the world, that the whole point of having sex is to orgasm. And this simply is not the case. Will it happen? For sure. Sometimes. But if it doesn't happen, does that mean that it wasn't a good session? Does that mean that you failed? So if you're even thinking about self-pleasuring and you go, don't climax, the thought usually that follows afterwards is sometimes you failed or it was a total waste of time. And if you don't have an orgasm during partnered sex, then your mind can go to the narrative like that there's something wrong with you or your libido is so off or your hormones are out of whack or you just aren't wired right or nothing is the same after babies or there's not even enough lube to get you there or whatever it is. And perhaps your mind might even go to your partner, right? That something is wrong with him or her, that they're the ones that are doing it wrong, that they're talking to you, I love you, and ooh, you're so beautiful, baby, when really you're just like, can you just spank me and talk naughty and dirty to me? No, not not just you, just me. Okay, so <laughs> this is something that we can get into, right? We can get into this idea that there's a right way to get us there but we still have this agenda of where we're trying to go that you were about to get there and then it stopped. The rhythm changed and you weren't able to, you know, climax. And if you're like the hundreds of women I surveyed, you might be even be in the boat that your partner's orgasm is the goal of the session. So when I'm even talking about orgasm focused sex, it might not just be yours. It might be your partner's. But we're still focusing on this end point, this destination that this session of sexual exploration is supposed to end up somewhere. And if we don't, then how do we think or feel about ourselves or our partner? So it's a lot. There's a lot of pressure. No wonder so many of us aren't getting pleasure. No wonder it doesn't even feel like you want to try or you want to go after it because what has been depicted as good sex, as mind-blowing sex, as earth-shattering screaming orgasms that like leave us like limp and lifeless on the bed afterwards. We've automatically even come to the place where we will fake 
orgasms because we don't want our partners to feel bad if we don't come. Like, hey, babe, did you come? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. In her head, she's just like, what the actual fuck was that? I feel like I was being poked and prodded like an unstoked fire, right? So here we are on the outside that we're not even courageous or feel comfortable enough to admit when we don't have orgasms. Because what does that mean about us? What does that mean about our partners? What does that mean? We become so obsessed with capturing the state and seeing it as like this pinnacle of pleasure. It's like this gripping like, oh, oh, yeah, right there. Oh, oh, no, no, and then get it, right? And it's the same thing with my meditators. They're sitting there, usually with like a grimace on their face, trying to tell their mind to shut off, to just calm the fuck down. And that just doesn't really work. So let's break down a few different scenarios so you can see not only how this orgasm agenda can really mess with your head, but then because it's messing with your head, it's also affecting your sex life, okay? So first off, let's just examine the orgasm, shall we? Now, the assumption that is that the orgasm is the pinnacle of pleasure, right? But really, it's just a release of sexual tension. Now, Emily Nagasaki, she has this fabulous book called Come As You Are. If you haven't read it, you should totally check it out. And she outlines this so well in her book. She has a whole chapter just dedicated to orgasm. And guess what? Sometimes it doesn't even feel that good or isn't even that enjoyed. That's a crazy part about orgasms. Like, I know for me personally, when I am self-pleasuring and I'm focused on that release, like that orgasm, I would quickly just like grab for a vibrator mindlessly and I would be able to get there quickly. But it was just this more like mechanical thing versus an enjoyable thing. And the orgasm itself definitely felt like a release of like pressure building up, but it wasn't like, oh my God, that was amazing. There's a difference, right? And I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. And as a side note, this is often the case with vibrators. That intense physical sensation can bring, it's like they're wired to bring women to orgasm quickly, but it skips over that whole connection to pleasure in your body in the first piece. This is making me think that maybe we should just explore toys and vibrators on a whole different podcast. And by the way, I'm not dissing the vibrator at all at all. I I like them. But it is literally wired to give intense mechanical sensation that brings on quick orgasms for many women. But anyway, that was a little side tangent. It feels, it can feel forced. It felt directed. And the whole experience for me was often quick and dirty. And I don't walk away feeling like a woman who has been pleased. You know what I mean? Like I haven't experienced that real true pleasure. I had an orgasm, which is fine and all, but it's different. There is a difference. The orgasm itself is not an indication that you had enjoyable or a pleasing experience. It can be like, holy shit, it can absolutely be ecstatically pleasing, but It is not always the case, and it's also not the indicator for pleasure being had. Just like weight loss is not the indicator that you have created a healthier body, right? We all know that. We think it is, though, because that's what we've been told so. 
but it is simply not the case. And when we're focused on getting an orgasm, then typically what will happen is we go into the sexual experience with an agenda, even if we're not thinking it, like at the forefront of our mind, like I'm going in to get an orgasm. It's somewhere in our subconscious. So you're not doing this on purpose, you guys. So we show up needing or wanting a particular outcome. We're thinking that's where the reward is. And again, this is all happening in the brain. You're not usually even that aware of it. It's usually because of the whole reward system and the dopamine. I'm not even going to get into all of the (laughs) nuances of the neuroscience behind this. But trust me when I say you're not doing it on purpose, okay? So whether or not you're with someone doesn't really matter, but what tends to get even more complicated sometimes when we are with another person. So anyway, you show up and you're going after that orgasm and you begin making out and you're kissing and you're touching things and you're becoming aroused and everything is good for a bit. But then that voice creeps in, that commentator one. Remember I mentioned there was a couple different voices. It was, uh, I think it's episode four, the get out of your head and into your vagina episode. So we have this commentator come in. It's like the play by play of what's happening. And this little voice begins to wonder if you or your partner is doing is working. You begin to think that you are getting aroused, but is it aroused enough? Do I feel like I'm close? Hmm. And then you begin to investigate. Well, I think I'm close. Oh, yeah, right there. I just one. Oh, fuck. I lost it. Like it's like that, like a chasing, like a marble. (laughs) I don't know if you guys ever have chased marbles. It's such a nightmare if you don't pick it up right away because it keeps rolling and bouncing off stuff and it's really hard to chase. And that's like basically what you're doing. You're like chasing a marble all over the place while you're commenting on it, that you're not doing it right, that it's not happening, that you're never going to actually catch it. And this seems so innocent, this little inquiry, but that it turns into this grasping and the wanting the orgasm more than being present with the journey. And you lose it. You lose that sensation that was pleasing you in the first place. So maybe you do your best to connect again, but nothing seems to be working and you're becoming maybe frustrated and you're worried that your partner is getting restless or that you won't be able to come or whatever. And guess what? That worry and frustration are like the biggest pleasure-blocking feelings on the planet. Like, for real. It's like worry comes in and it puts up this whole roadblock. It's like, um, yep, no pleasure, no room for you here because you're too worried about how you're performing. So pleasure just takes a back seat. Presence takes a back seat. Your connection with yourself, with your body, with your partner has all been put in the back seat because now frustration and and worry has really taken the forefront of your mind. So those feelings, they take you out so out of the moment that pretty soon your mind is spinning on the merry-go-round of is this going to happen or not? And your body might tense all up and your mind is deep, deep into this like Debbie Downer mode about the whole operation. And you either notice yourself begin to automatically respond with fake sounds just so you can be done with the whole debacle, or maybe you even habitually reach for a vibrator because that increase in stimulation will get you there. And that's the point, right? Right? And perhaps this quote, end quote, failure weighs heavy on your mind. And then the next time you go, you're afraid it will happen again. 
And you don't even attempt to really feel good because you're afraid you're going to get disappointed. Or hell, you've even stopped desiring it. Because now this worry and this frustration have bled into other encounters. They've started to seed themselves in your mind and you're stopping yourself ahead of time. Because damn, that sucked. And you definitely don't want to go through that embarrassment again. You definitely don't want to be stressed about that orgasm again, so you just stop. Now, at this point, it might be easy to think that your mind wandering was the problem, right? And sure, definitely, this created the result of unfulfilling sex and lack of orgasm. But the real culprit here began before you even got sexual. The real culprit that is responsible for this is for your mind thinking that orgasm is the goal. That orgasm is what is meant to be aimed for. That mind-blowing sex equals orgasm. And this is such a tightly held belief that most of us have never even examined it as not being true. Because think about it. If you were in a situation and you were feeling aroused, but had no thought come through your mind about orgasming, what would have transpired? Well, for starters, that commentator would not have come in and started recounting the play-by-plays and noticing if you were moving the ball down the field or not, right? If you were likely going to be able to make that goal of orgasm or not, that voice wouldn't even have been there because it's not the point. You have no in-destination. And if that voice had not been there, then you would not have created feelings of worry or frustration, which then triggered stress in the body. And we all know how stress, stress works during sex, right? Yeah, not fun. And furthermore, you would not have been triggered in having more thoughts about sex that you are keeping you from accessing your pleasure that was occurring in the body because you were too busy judging it. So you wouldn't walk away thinking there was something wrong with you or your marriage is doomed or any of this horrible thing because that wasn't the point. So let us begin to re-examine the way that we look at sexual pleasure, not as a goal-oriented activity, but a delicious journey where the goal has unintentionally been skewered toward orgasm, but it doesn't have to be. And how might we relate to it in this new way where we're waking up to pleasure in the body is the goal. So sure, the outcome may be an orgasm, but it doesn't have to be, and it often isn't. But when we allow ourselves to be immersed in connection with ourselves, with our partner, and with pleasurable sensations that are occurring in the body, then the act of sex becomes so much more than getting to a particular finish line. Now, this may sound easy, but like most things, it's easier said than done. So I'd like to really help you create this um, newer approach of like a non-orgasm oriented sex, okay? So the first step is investigation into your current beliefs about orgasm. Perhaps this um, episode created for you a new way to look at orgasm and the goal of sex, but we really want to get into the nitty gritty of what are those subconscious beliefs or what do you t- currently believe about orgasm 
or whether or not you should or should be having them. Now, get really honest. Even if now after after listening to this, you're like, damn, Danielle, you're right. This is so not the goal. But in the back of your mind, there's that little voice that's like, yeah, but they're so good. And I've had them before, so this shouldn't be a problem or whatever. Get those pesky thoughts out. Write that shit down. See what your mind has to say about it. Otherwise, during the act of sex, your subconscious mind is going to give you those thoughts anyway. So you might as well get them out of your brain right now and see what you're working with and just not let them rule your sex life anymore because that's no fun, right? So you have to get them out. Put orgasm is or even put down like um, a situation like, what do I think about myself when I don't orgasm or if my partner doesn't orgasm or whatever it is, right? Get it out. See all of your thoughts. There's no judgment here. Just let your brain just dump it all out. And you investigate your currently held beliefs. That's step one. Now that you have those thoughts out there, like I have to have an orgasm, notice how it makes you feel. When you're thinking to yourself, I have to have an orgasm, what does that bring up inside of you? How does your body respond to that thought? How do you feel? Let's say worried, right? Or frustrated. And then when you feel this sensation of worry or frustration in in your body, then how does this impact your ability to have amazing sex? How do you think it impacts your ability? Go ahead and just answer that question for yourself. Then your homework, step three, is to become aware of it. How often do you think these thoughts? Next time you're self-pleasuring or having sex, do you notice it come up? Do you notice this immediate, like, orgasm-oriented focus? And then what we do with it, once you just bring awareness to it, sometimes that's what we need to do, right? So we just begin to bring awareness. We're like, holy shit, this comes up all the time. Like, no wonder I'm totally feeling pressure in the bedroom, right? So that that's that first step, investigating and then bringing awareness. And then what we have to do is we have to begin to create a new belief. I would recommend something along the lines of like, sex is about discovering pleasure in my body or sex, uh, my body is capable of experiencing pleasure during sex, right? So so this kind of new thought that doesn't have orgasm as the goal, you might even use a mantra like presence to pleasure, presence to pleasure. I like that one. And then the practice then comes into getting your brain to believe this newer thought or this new mantra and continuing on purpose to wake up and show up for pleasure in your body during and not even during sex, using evidence from your real world that you can wake up to sensations in your body and access pleasure when you choose so. And that sex is all about discovering pleasure in your body. Now, I do want to put a little caveat on here. So as you're developing new beliefs, what's going to happen is your brain isn't really used to thinking this new belief that sex is all about just discovering pleasure, right? It might still be holding on to an old belief that you have to have an orgasm. And that's really normal. So even if as you're beginning to develop this new belief and you notice this old thought come in or this old obsession with having an orgasm is still coming in, this is totally normal. Nothing has gone wrong. This is actually a 
it's called cognitive dissonance. And it just means that we're believing your brain is believing contradictory, contradictory, contradicting (laughs) thoughts at the same time. And so what you have to remember here is you're developing like a new pathway. And that takes some time for the neural connections to develop around this new thought. And at the same time as you're developing this new one, the old connections get lesser and lesser. So we have to practice believing something new. And at the same time, notice when we're still thinking the old one, and then on purpose, refocus on the new one. So nothing has gone wrong. If it takes you some time, if you've listened to your podcast and you're like, yeah, this is so right on. Orgasms are totally not the point. But then you go and you're, you know, in the act and you notice your mind thinking it, like it just takes time. Okay. So just have some grace with yourself, have some understanding that it will take a little bit of time for you to develop this new mindset around your sexual pleasure and non-orgasm oriented sex. Okay. Well, that's it. That's the steps, right? So we're investigating. And then what we're doing is we're bringing awareness or excuse me, investigating, then seeing how it feels in your body, bringing awareness to how much it comes up, working on believing a new thought, and then just continue to notice when both of these come up and continuing to develop the new belief that you want to have around pleasure, and then letting go of that old one. Okay. Because after all, sex isn't a place we're not trying to get anywhere. It's not a destination-driven activity. It's a journey. And when we begin to allow ourselves to wake up, to turn on, instead of just to focus on where we're trying to go, you're going to enjoy yourself so much more. And orgasm definitely might be the result that you get but it's not because you're trying to get it. So this is it. It's my pleasure. And it's been my absolute pleasure to share this episode with you. And I hope it helps you find yours. If you have any questions at all, and you would like me to address on this podcast or love what I'm doing and sharing here and want to know how to take it further, please hit me up at daniellesavory.com. I am trying to reconstruct my website right now, but you should be able to find a forum somewhere and you can reach out to me, whether it's about coaching or questions or anything else. Have a lovely day. Bye.